Welcome to Zion Impact Ministries, the local assembly of the Kingdom Community of Believers. As you listen to this message, we pray that God establishes the governing influence of Christ Jesus in your life through fellowship and the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Before we take our seat, I just want us to read two scriptures. I want to read a long one, then a short one. Probably I'll do just the short one. Okay, let me do the long one. Genesis chapter 28, the verse number 10 to the verse number 22. Before we take our seats. Genesis chapter what? 28, the verse number 10 to the verse number 22. Please go ahead. Verse 10. Yes. Now Jacob went out from Bethlehem. Let's pause, let's pause, let's pause. All of you pick up your Bibles and let's read together. Right? I've seen, look, look into the scripture. Genesis chapter 28, the verse number 10. Are you there? Yes. If you, see, if you are there, say, I'm there. I'm there. If you are, next, you are not there, say, find me, Lord. Oh, okay. The Lord will find me in mercy. <laughs> 28, the verse number 10. Are we there? Yes. Awesome. Are we ready to pray? Are we ready to read? Okay, so let's go. Now, now Jacob, Jacob went mm-hmm. out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night mm-hmm. because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head. Mm-hmm. And he lay down in that place to sleep. Yes. Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Mm-hmm. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Yeah. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east, to the north and the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Yeah. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, yeah. and I did not know it. Yes. And he was afraid and said, How, How awesome, awesome is, is this place? place. This, this is, is none other, other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. heaven. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put at his head, set it up as a pillar, and poured oil on top of it. Yeah. And he called the name of that place Bethel. Mm-hmm. But the name of that city had been loose. Previously, yeah. Then Jacob made a vow, saying, "If God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going, mm-hmm. and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on, mm-hmm. so that I come back to my father's house in peace, mm-hmm. then the Lord shall be my God. Then the Lord shall be my God. And and this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And all of that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you." Put your hands together to the Lord in Jesus' name. Have your seat in heavenly places. Hallelujah. Now, in this month, like we've already heard, we are in the season of divine guidance and what? Preservation. Now, the man of God has already preached my message. So, just wrap it up quickly. <laughs> and they'll be out of here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, you realize, before I, I jump in, I just want to us to read my short scripture. Because you realize that many of us, I've been, I mean, we are hearing the message of divine guidance. How many people have actually prayed for divine guidance before? In what circumstance did you pray for that divine guidance? 
when it's very critical, when it's very new, when you're not sure, when you don't have confidence in yourself. Oh, I don't know if I would be the church. <laughs> I mean, most of the time when we ask for divine guidance, just say we be like that's the time. Are you critical? <laughs> because we cannot see top. That is the time we ask for what? Divine guidance. Someone say, Mercy Lord. Someone say, Mercy Lord. Now, the Bible says, my short scripture, in the book of Psalm 18, the verse number 13, the Bible says, Ask for God. His what? His what? His what? His what? His what? Are you saying ways or are you saying way? Which one are you saying? Are you sure? Open the scripture. Psalm 18, the verse number 30. His, his way. His way. Now, let's look at the scripture before we continue. The Bible says in Psalm 18, the verse number 30. The Bible says, as for God, his way is perfect. Now, you need to understand from the kingdom perspective that God is king. Do you understand that already? Right, it means that for anyone that comes into the domain of God, God has an intention for that person, God has a purpose for that person. That means that when God has that intention and a path for you, He gives you a particular way, it's not ways. Jesus has no has had no other choice than to be the Son of God, die as the Son of God. It wasn't there was there was, there was no options in front of him. And that's the angle that I want to come from. Because in the purpose and in the mind of God, that way is perfect. According to your accomplishment, is purpose. When you have a different agenda than your king, then you'll be looking at options. Oh, I don't know if you are with me. If you have what? A different agenda and purpose than your king, then you begin to consider other ways. And that is the trickery of the enemy. So the Bible says that all of these trees in the garden, God said, I give to you as food. The enemy came and says that, has God said? A different agenda than the voice of God, than the way of God produced another way. That was not in the plan before. Are you with me so far? And without having this mindset from the kingdom perspective, you'll be asking for guidance only when things are critical. And you realize that the one you are calling to intervene, he is also a king. He is sovereign. Your tears don't move him. Should I say that again? I, I, I'm really, really excited about saying that your tears don't move because some of us, it's high time we stop crying. Hey, your, your pillow need rest. May, may your pillow enter into rest. Amen. <laughs> your pillow needs deliverance from you. Help me so far. It's high time. Your, your crying doesn't move him. Oh, are you with me so far? Help me so far. So the Bible says that as for God, his way, there are not several ways. And I'm, I'm talking about this because of the long scripture we read. You see, when we read about sets, about guidance, it's come to, you know, and, and, and I'm not against that in any way, but the church has gone to the point where we have been taught that there are certain things we need to do. Of course, there are certain things we need to do to obtain things from God. I'm not discounting that. But the basic and the most important is just faith. Every other thing that we do, exaggerated faith, 
over-hypism that we call spiritualism, over-emotional feelings that we call spiritualism, they are all excesses. It doesn't really move anything. I get what I'm saying. I get what I'm saying. I get what I'm saying. Have you read the scripture in Genesis 20, 84 about the work of Jacob? Right? Now, that's my first point for today. The kingdom perspective, divine guidance. The first thing that you realize in the life of Jacob is that he didn't do anything for God to guide him. What did Jacob do? What did Jacob do? <laughs> he slept. <laughs> so for divine guidance, he was what? <laughs> Put your hands together for a man of God in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's deep, yes. A, a different dimension of the revelation of the... Of, <laughs> He didn't sleep anywhere, so he must look for stones there. Eh? <laughs> but the first point that I want us to look at, if you understand that the purposes of God puts you in a particular path that is perfect, then the first thing that I want you to know is that the divine guidance of God is born out of his mercy. It's born out of his benevolence. It's born as a factor of his interest. Because he's interested in you accomplishing his purpose. Are you with me so far? So if it is born out of his mercy, if it is born out of his own interest, then it means that you don't do anything to receive his guidance. The only thing that you must do is that you must find yourself in his way. That's all. If you are in his way, he is automatically obliged to give you guidance. Other than that, you make a mistake of not achieving his purpose. I mean so far. I mean so far. Divine guidance, I know, yes, I'm going to talk about other things, but there's a first thing I want to talk about. That it is born out of what? The mercy of God. I'm not going to spend my time defining what divine guidance is. I hope that you wrote the definition that Reverend Sammy gave. Last week, Thursday also, I talked about that, divine guidance. So if you are looking for the message, the guy in white over there, attack him after service. <laughs> He has to put it on pod me, right, so that you can you can listen to it again, right? And I think we also recorded Reverend Sami's part, so we'll see what we can do that, so I have access. So I'm not going to spend my time defining. But one of the things that I mentioned is that when you're talking about guidance, it's different from protection. Have me so far? Protection is to keep someone from harm, but then guidance is all encompassing. So inside of guidance, there is protection. So if God doesn't seek to guide you out of his mercy, out of his own interest, he cannot protect you if the enemy wants to derail you. And you will end up fulfilling something that he has not called you to fulfill. I mean so far. So the divine guidance, truly, 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 we do nothing to get it. It is born out of what? His mercy. It's born out of his mercy. So if you can lift up your voice and cry out, mercy, Lord, he's obliged to protect you. He's obliged to guide you. Because when you are on his way, on his what? Not ways. On his what? Way. Then you must hit the target that he's intending for you to hit. All right, me so far. Okay. Now, I've said that. I'm going to give a contrary point. Point two. <laughs> Sorry, I hope, I, I, hope, I hope we don't confuse ourselves in this place to this morning. Point two, what you do to get divine guidance is born out of a request to God. 
is born out of what? A request to God. But the second part of that request is that it is backed by an altar. It is backed by what? An altar. Now, let me, let, let, let me break this down. I said that we don't do anything. So, Jacob did nothing. If you check the account in Genesis chapter 28, all that Jacob did was that he slept unaware. It was unintentional. It was God that revealed himself to him. And God already promised him that I will protect you, take you out from this land and bring you back. God said it all in his dream. Are you with me? Are you with me? Then the Bible says that when he woke up, he realized that what, where he was laying down was a divine place, a portal that connected to the heavens. Then he said he took the stone that he laid upon, lifted it as an altar, poured oil on it. Then he says, God, if you protect me, in the dream, God already said, I will. I mean, in the dream, God already said what? I will. Now Jacob said, God, if you protect me, and take me out of this land. Then in future, bring me back in peace. Then this place. So he said if, and then he added conditions to something that God had already done. But then the question that you need to find, ask yourself, is that what provoked him to do this particular thing? Because he didn't know. All he did was to sleep. Something already transpired for him not to do anything. It was his father Abraham. To him, he did nothing. All he did was what? Sleep. But his father Abraham had already done something. I had me so far. See, there are certain... Let me, I, 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 to make it simple, uh, you just need to look at Nollywood. There are some people that are born into the dark side. Are you with me? No matter what you do, if they go outside of their village, there's something that you cannot do to them. Because an altar has been raised to them. To them, they don't know. I mean, they don't know. But then a spirit is sent and it follows them. I mean, so far. I mean, so far. So they walk in this life as if there is nothing that bothers them. There is nothing that can damage them. There is nothing that can harm them. Because an altar has been raised. They were not the ones that initiated the altar, but they are beneficiaries of that altar. Jacob was not the one that initiated the altar that he was at, but he was a beneficiary. Someone erected it long before he was born. I mean, so far. So he did nothing, but someone did something. So you can preach all you want that according to Jesus, it is finished. Ah, but in your life, it's not finished. It's not finished. According to Jesus, it is finished. But for you and your generation, it is not finished. It is now coming to part two and three. <laughs> if you are related to the chair or whatever, you go all the way to part 12 and 13. Because it's not finished. Oh, are you with me so far? Jacob did nothing. And I'm praying that on your account, your children don't have to do anything. I'm praying that on your account, your grandchildren don't have to do anything. Amen. I'm praying that on your account, anyone that will come gen 10 generations down, that bears your surname, don't have to do anything. Because you have paid the price. You have initiated a request. You have lifted up an altar that backs their destiny. Oh, I will be so far. And that when you even check the life of men of God, there's a difference between a man of God that is now starting ministry, where he is the first in his line. And there's a difference between someone who has already been in a generation 
or a lineage where there are men of God. There are graces that have already been stirred up. So you walk in, and I'm not talking, and you see when I'm talking about guidance, as like I said, it's not protection. It's being, knowing that, okay, this is the path of God, and then you step there. This is the path of God, then you step there. This is the path of God, then you step there. When you are going outside of it, there is something that God does to correct you. When something is coming to derail you, there's the protection that God lifts up. So that's what I'm talking about. There are men of God that have already, they already have the lineage. Right? So there's something already back in them. When they are working in their life, in their destiny, it seems as if ah, they've gone for something extra. But no, an altar had been erected. And then there are those that are now breaking the ground. I don't know which category you are, but I'm talking about men of God. For you, it might be business. You might be the first person that is starting a business in your family. For some people, you might be the first person that is now going to university in your line. There's a difference when you go to school and you're the first going to university. You don't treat yourself like people who come from a lineage of doctors. Oh, I don't know if you're with me in the, in, the, in the church. I don't know if you're with me. Because there's an aroma. When you come to the house, you will be forced to... And then you're not the first... You treat yourself differently. So in divine guidance, the first thing I said is that it's born out of God's mercy. But the second thing is that it's a result of a request. You might not be the person that initiated the request. You might not be the person that lifted up that altar. But there must be an altar that provokes God to send a spirit. All right, me. All right, me. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. You see, one of the scriptures that fascinates me the most is in the book of Luke when the Bible says that and an angel came and then in a dream warned Joseph that this boy talking about Jesus was in danger. Look at it. An angel came and warned who? Joseph. That Jesus, the son of God was in danger. Why didn't the angel go to Jesus? Have you thought about it before? Why, why didn't the angel go to Jesus? If you look at the grand scheme of things, all angels are supposed to be subject to Jesus. In also that grand scheme of things, Joseph was now coming to the realization and to the fact that he can now accept Jesus as his child. Oh, I don't think you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> I, don't I, I, saw, I saw this TikTok something, and then a, a guy like brought, was it like baked, like food, dinner, right? And then served it to the wife. And then he says, oh, wow, how did you do this? And he says that, oh, I baked it all by myself. <laughs> I, they say, we don't have, if we don't even have an oven. They say, exactly. How can you tell me that an angel came and then you are now pregnant? How can you tell me? I, I with me so far. So in that same way, Jacob was now coming to the realization that this boy, Jesus, is my son. Are you with me? But the Bible says that when he became critical, the angel that was sent to guide, give guidance, which includes protection, protect Jesus' life, they didn't come to Jesus. He came to someone before him. In that day, the grace that he enjoyed, born out of the mercy of God, someone provoked it. Oh, are you with me so far? I me so far. I me so far. So there are some things that you enjoy on a silver platter. It doesn't mean that it's free. It doesn't mean it's free. And I'm praying that with that mindset, you also lay a foundation so that your children will be enjoying some things. 
and they'll think that, oh, this one, they're errands in my family. Hey, just as you are breaking generational curses, invoke generational blessings. Invoke generational blessings. So they come and they are walking a particular path and they are seeing that, ah, how is that you, you know, this, how is that you, you know, hey, this life is easy for you. You don't know that, ah, there was someone in my family. He paid a price. He paid a price. He paid a price. Oh, I hear him. I mean, so divine guidance is born out of what? God's mercy. And the second thing is that it's born out of what? A request. Backed by what? An altar. And the reason why I'm adding the altar part is that anytime an altar is involved, a spirit is involved. I mean, anytime an altar is involved, a what? I don't want to powder off yourself, red clay off yourself, whatever. But I want you to know that your life will not be the same after that. Are with me? Because anytime there is an altar involved, there is what? A spirit involved. And that's why people who understand, they say certain things, especially when it comes to some of these are festivals. Are with me? I'm not saying, and I'm, I don't want to go into that. But my point is that anytime there is an altar involved, there is a spirit involved. Are with me? So if you do not know, if you do not pay attention, you might be interacting with things that are far above your pay grade. Far above your pay grade. Are with me? You might do certain directions that you don't even understand. Far above your pay grade. Because you've not involved the spirit. But anyways, that's just on the side. So the Bible says that this... The second point is that the guidance of God is an answer to a request backed by what? An altar. Add me so far. Add me so far. Say amen. 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 Okay. Point number three. Point number three. Guidance is most critical when you are on the wrong path. What you need in guidance at that point in time is that Whoever, and I'm talking about God in this case, God should stop you. All right, me. Guidance is what? Most critical when you are on the wrong path. And at that point in time, your, your, your need for guidance is that you must be stopped. All right, me so far. So let's look at some, and you see, that's the reason why I, I started with. Um, Psalm 18, verse number 30, that is one path based on the purpose and the intention of the king. So if you are not on that path, it means that you are not going to achieve his purpose. So at that point in time, when you are looking for divine guidance, what you really need is that you will be stopped. Whatever is causing you to walk on that path that is leading into error, the one that is providing guidance must stop you. Add me so far. Add me so far. Let's look at an example. Two examples, then we'll be out of here. The first one is in the book of Mark, Acts chapter 9, the verse number 6 to the verse number 9. Acts chapter 9, the verse number 6 to the verse number 9. Verse 6. Yes. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you'll be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground 
And when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Beautiful. My focus is the verse number eight. The Bible says that when he encountered the one who has a purpose for his life, Mm. who had a purpose for his life, who was king over his life, but he didn't know. The Bible says that when he had that encounter with that king, when he fell down, when he rose up, he was blind and he needed someone to direct him by the hand. Right me so far? Yes. It is detrimental to your life for you to be on the wrong path and then the one that you are fulfilling his purpose doesn't intervene. And that is why at certain point in time, eh, you must pray that father intervene in whatever way, even if it's against my will. Are with me? That's why there are certain relationships. Hey, I don't care how sweet the love is. I don't care how romantic the guy is. I don't care how wife material, 12 yards, the lady is. That relationship must break. Are with me? Because if you are shown your... You see, the Bible says, when Paul was, at that time, Saul, was on the horse and he was going, the Bible says that he encountered a light, right? And the people around him then heard sounds and saw certain disturbances in the atmosphere. The Bible says, and then he fell down. When he woke up or when he rose up from the ground, he was blind. That should tell you that when he was on the horse, before that encounter, he was already blind. It was just the light that revealed his blind state. I don't know if you are with me. He was not made blind because he saw bright lights. He was already blind. The bright light showed it to him that you, you are really blind. I don't know if you are with me. Are you getting what I'm saying? God didn't cause him to be blind out of a miracle. The bright light revealed who he really was. He was already blind. It's just that he had the disadvantage of seeing physically. He was already blind. When he became blind, when he became blind then he got the true advantage that he could now see from God. I so far. In certain things, eh, when you are on the path where you are leading to error, one of the things that you must pray for is to fail quickly. <laughs> to fail what? Quickly. Quickly. Fail, 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 fail now before you get to the, to the height where, where, where it is impossible for you to fail. Where it now becomes complicated for it. That's why certain, certain people who are in business say that before you get married and you are in your 20s, 30s, take all the financial risks you can take. Right? Start a business, start an investment, let them chop your money, let the company collapse, but at least you've built some kind of, you know, and then when you're in your 40s and then you're consolidating, uh-huh, you have experience. But if you still want to start business 40s, 50s, hey, the risks is, because it's, it's not just you. It's not just you. By 50, maybe there's even a grandchild. It's not just you. I've been so far. So, at that point in time, when you ask for divine guidance, you are asking for God to intervene and most importantly, to stop you. Because most of us, when we are asking for divine guidance, even when we know that something is wrong, we are praying, divine guidance, we are asking, Father, protect me. Father, protect me. And we are even, the intention of our prayer is that God will deliver us from consequences. I don't know if you are with me. God will deliver me from what? The consequence of, I know that this action is wrong. I know that this action is wrong. 
and I'm praying for divine guidance. And my prayer is not that God will stop me. My prayer is that God will deliver me from the consequences. Oh, do you understand what I'm saying? At that point in time, when you are praying for divine guidance, pray that whatever God is doing, let God intervene and stop you. Let God what? You are not sure some relationship is going some way. You are getting signals that mm, probably this is not really the way of God. Don't say, Father, you know, I cover myself with the blood. <laughs> you have been invited to a particular party. You know that, oh, this is not the place I should be. Oh, I invoke the blood. Then you start, you start, you speak. You know, that's the time that we speak like one paragraph, this thing, tongues, like impromptu. So then we start. Okay, so before I open the door, like you are going, you are going, you know that you shouldn't go. I'm going, and okay, please the blast. Shapada, bada, 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 bada. Katori wa sine, nimi, nimi, nimi. Oh, Then you open the door. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Maybe you are fasting. You are about to break. You know, it's not time for you to break. And then, thank you, Jesus. And then you just open your... <laughs> Am I speaking to someone or is it just me? Am I speaking to someone or is it just me? Well, that's what I'm saying. You, are, you, know, you know like this is wrong, but you plead the blood for some kind of, you know, like insurance. You know, <laughs> if everything goes wrong, that, that mindset of divine guidance will lead you into error. We lead into error. You must be free to God and say, Father, intervene and stop me. Intervene and stop me. Because you might think that you are wise or you can see. Your eyes sharp. But when the light of God comes, you realize that you are blind. You realize that you are blind. So you were working with little information. You were working with corrupt information. You were working with deceptive information. But you thought that all is clear. All is clear. Meanwhile, there's a light of God that can reveal to you that, ah, this particular path, there's something wrong. Oh, are you with me? Are you with me? So you must actually, when you're praying divine guidance, I'm, praying, I'm talking about this man too. We are going to pray divine guidance. Don't just pray deliverance from consequences. Actually ask God, Father, intervene. See, if it's wrong relationship, Father, break. If it's wrong business, Father, break. If you are married, then you are bound. But <laughs> pray for mercy. <laughs> now I want to pray for mercy. Are with me? Pray for mercy. But you are bound. Well, for the, those who are married, if you are not married, it's better to get a broken heart than a broken marriage. To a large extent. To a large extent, right? So pray for that. But don't, 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 say, don't, say, don't say to God that, Father, I know, you know, I know. And you see, that, those are the kind of people that want to experiment with God. You know, you've not gotten to know God yet. And we are all on that learning level. So we do that in several ways. Some of us, in, like, we, don't, we, know, we don't even know that that's what we are doing. Let me give you an example. You know when, is it Gideon also, right? God, asked, God told him, you will deliver the people of Israel from the hands of the people of Midian. He says that you are a mighty man of valor. He asked the angel, are you sure? Like, did you miss your way? Is your GPS corrupted? Or you now need to calibrate your GPS? Because he, he was not sure that an angel can come and say something to someone who is not just a fiero, but he comes from a lineage of fieros. I mean, so the Bible says that he then came and then he says, okay, wait, God, if you say you are the one, let me go and bring a sacrifice and put it on the altar. 
And the Bible says that, and the angel looked at it. There was a flame, and the angel disappeared in the flame. Have you read that part of the Bible before? The book of Judges, right? I believe chapter 6 or so, or chapter 7. And the Bible says that, okay, wait, 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 wait. He saw one miraculous sign. Then he says, okay, wait, 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 wait. Father, if it is you, let me put a fleece on the ground. Let everywhere be wet. Keep the fleece dry. Then the Lord did that. Are with me? Then he says, okay, wait, 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 wait. Let me put another fleece on the ground. Let the fleece be wet. Let everywhere be dry. And the Lord did it. Yet he was still not believing it. And then God says, let me give you one more sign. Go into the camp of your enemy. And you will hear them testifying about the victory that I give you. So someone had a dream. He came at the right time where the friend was then what? Given the dream. The interpretation. And he said that what you saw, a barley kick rolling down the hill. It's none other than the sword of Gideon. Now, you see, at that point in time, God was not angry with Gideon that he was, you know, trying to find out who he was. And see, at that point in time, in our faith, when we are working with God and want to, we are not sure, is this God speaking? Is it not God speaking? God is not angry when we are unsure. God would actually give you a sign to know that it's me that's speaking. I mean, so if you realize, I don't know if you've done this before, but I know that back then, like the people that used to grow up in SU, like I'm talking about that kind of generation, this kind of generation, we didn't grow up in SU. You know, first, we started with, hey, yeah, yeah, that's the kind of anointing that, you know, we don't know SU. But I'm talking about those kind of people that were new, that are people that would give a testimony in church, that, okay, I was not sure, I was, I was to write an exam, I was not sure, and I told God, Father, if I just open the Bible, the first verse I will see, let it be your word to me. Father, oh, I'm not sure about this girl. If I just open the Bible, if I, whatever I point to, let it be. Have you heard that before? Have you heard that before? Do you know that in the initial stages, usually they get an answer? Have you realized that before? Have you realized that before? Because God is not worried. When you are trying to find out, is this God? God is not worried about that. So he would actually help you so that you build your faith. When God sees that you've built your faith, now at that point, you have in a state of knowledge. You cannot do that again. You realize that if you try it again, it will not work. See, right now, all of you, if you want guidance, pick your Bible and just flip it. It will not work. <laughs> it, it will not work. It, it will not work. Oh, do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? It will not work. Because God is expecting you that in that season of ignorance, you are still blind, but God doesn't care. He is trying to remove the veil. He's trying to, but if you are set in your ways that you are going to go wrong in that particular way, at that point in time, God should not be always oh, just laughing and answering. He must stop you. That's why, that's why you realize that, see, at, when you are born again without all that excitement, hey, you pray, Father, okay, today as I'm going to school, I don't have 10 cities to eat at lunch. Father, when I get into the cafeteria and I just go there, let my friend cross me and then just buy for me. When we are born again, you realize that it will work. Oh, how many people, or, or you guys did have that born again experience? It would work. It would work. It will work. Father, as I'm going to work, oh, let some private car. And can we specify the private car? Let's let, 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 let a wide, you know, whatever. Come and park and pick me to school. It will work. Because you are in a state. God is in the process of removing the veil. Because you are already blind. 
removing the veil from your eye. But if you say that you are going to be there, you realize that it stop working. It will stop working. And at that point in time, when you are in the path of making that error, your, God's love to you by his guidance is that he must stop you. In this one, it says that he enabled you. He's enabling you because he wants you to build a faith. And God was not worried about Gideon's whatever. God like, it was like God was enabling. You read that scripture and say, ah, but this is a man who doesn't have faith. No, God was building his faith. God doesn't test anything he has not built. I mean, he was building, so he gave him the opportunity. And at this point in time, eh, hey, use your time in God to build your faith. Build your faith. Something worries you, go to God. You don't understand something. Go back to it. Apostle one time said that as a babe in Christ, do not be ashamed of drinking breast milk. I mean, so far. See, I can go to the most expensive restaurant with my children. I don't care how expensive I buy a plate for them. They don't understand it. They don't understand the food. All they'll say is that, Daddy, I want Tom Brown. If it's too yellow, I want Tom Yellow. If it's rice, rice porridge, I want Tom Pink. That's, that's what they see. And they are not ashamed to eat Cyrillac in an expensive restaurant. Don't be intimidated by someone's walk with God. Be encouraged to go that walk with God. Oh, are you with me so far? Are you me so far? Don't be intimidated. Build and get the encouragement that I also walk with God. Because if you don't let the veil be removed and God comes in drastically, you would encounter light. But you realize that you are blind afterwards because that is your true state. You are already blind. You are already blind. Oh, are you with me so far? So allow God to peel the scale from your eye. Let him do it according to his way. Don't be set in your way. You see, and that's why I, I, I keep saying that this modern day, we know we've we, if we are not careful, we'll be going about, I need to be an independent man. You know, and I know that most of it probably comes from the West or so. At 18 years, you are, you are a man of your own. You start a business, you are doing things even wrongly. You are saying you are a self-built man. I'm a self-built business. If that kind of independent spirit, it's very, very, very wrong. It's very, very, very wrong. Because it can lead you into, in the kingdom, we are all subjects to the king. There is nothing like independence. There's nothing like independence. See, I don't care how grown you are. When you go to your father's house, your father will call you boy. I, I don't care how old you are. Your father will call you what? Boy. Boy. You don't come to your father and say, hey, I'm charman, charman. No. Charm. No. Oh, I mean so far. Because there is, a, a, there is, it's networked in the kingdom that we must be independent, Latin, interdependent. We depend on each other. So don't let someone's work with God intimidate you. You drink milk, you are like Gideon. You are not sure what the voice of God is yet. Don't assume. That's one, that's one, that's one of the things that I loved about what Gideon did. He never assumed. He never assumed. Don't assume. Don't assume. So the Bible says, when Saul rose up and he was blind, the Bible says, and he shredded out his hand, waiting for someone to lead him. See, I know that we are talking about divine guidance. So we are all seeking for God to direct us. Someone there, sometimes the hand that would hold your hand to lead you might be the voice of your mother. It, must, it might be the voice of even your child. It might be the voice of your shepherd. It might be the voice of your pastor. It can even be the voice of some random person that you don't even have respect for. 
But at that point when you realize that you are blind and God is providing divine guidance, all you need to do is reach out your hand. Reach out your hand. And say, that Father, guide me. Father, guide me. If you're on the wrong path, his guidance must what? Stop you. Otherwise, you make shipwreck. Alright, me so far. Another example in the book of Acts chapter 13. The Bible says that Paul was speaking to the proconsul, and there was someone by his side who was just intent on stopping the word. In the verse number 11, then it says, and now indeed. Let's go to the Acts chapter 13, the verse number 10 first. Let's go to the verse number 10. And then we jump to the verse number 11. Acts but, chapter 13. Verse 10. Yes. And said, O oh, full of all deceit mm-hmm. and all fraud, you son jump of the... To the verse, jump, start from verse 9. Verse 9. Yeah. Then Saul, mm-hmm. who also is called Paul, mm-hmm. filled with the Holy Spirit, yes. looked intently at him mm-hmm. and said, O oh, full of all deceit mm-hmm. and all fraud, mm-hmm. you son of the devil, yes. you enemy of all righteousness, mm-hmm. will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? Mm-hmm. And now indeed, the hand of the Lord is upon you, mm-hmm. and you shall be blind, mm-hmm. not seeing the sun for a time. Mm-hmm. And immediately a darkness fell on him. And he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Mm. Seeking someone to lead him by the hand. The same encounter that Paul had. Yes, sir. For him, to, he did the same thing to the proconsul. That uh, may, may God blind you. Then he said, he was now seeking someone lead me by the hand. Mm. He, he didn't pronounce a permanent judgment. Yeah. At the point of repentance, his eye will be opened. And then truly his blind state will be lifted. Yeah. Wow. By saying that, see, you, you are blind. What you are doing, you don't understand. You are doing it out of error. And you are, you are, one time, someone, someone of God was preaching and said that, see, people who are witches and they know that they are witches, they are in a certain class, right? But you are, you are a witch and you are being used, you fly, but you think that, oh, you are having encounters. You don't know that you are a witch. You are more dangerous because you can be used by anything. Right, me. So it is better that you know. You know what? You know. And that is why the Bible says that if you are hot, be hot. If you are cold, be cold. But if you are not sure, so do you, do you need assistance or you need assignment? God cannot tell. Then he says that, I'll speak you out. So he says that the proconsul, he looked at him in that interaction and said that you shall be blind for a season. And he says that he lifted up his hand, seeking whom would guide him, lead him by the hand. In whatever area that you are, that you are wrong. You see, you are operating in blindness, but you are not aware. May God reveal that state to you. And when you enter into a place where it seems like it's a sudden stop, it is a disastrous moment, reach out your hand and seek for guidance. Don't withdraw in anger and in bitterness. Reach out your hand and seek for help. Reach out your hand and say, Father, help me. Reach out your hand. Reach out your hand. I mean, so far, in, in, in Genesis chapter 28, the, 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 the whole encounter is so bizarre, in, in my opinion, is that this guy called Jacob, the most important encounter that he had was after he did something wrong. The father of Israel, the father of the one who implemented Abraham's anointing, Abraham's promise, the father of all nations, the one who is supposed to fulfill. You see, if you realize, the Bible, when God spoke to him, said that, and in you all the nations will be blessed. That's the promise that God gave to Abraham. God never said that to Isaac. God said it to Jacob. Because he was the one who was supposed to fulfill it. So the same 
promise, anointing that his father Abraham, he didn't call him his grandfather, his father Abraham walked in. That's the same thing that God told him. And he was someone who was in error. And he was running away. He was running away. But yet, without anything of his doing, God intervened. And I'm praying that may God intervene. Hey, when you are about to make the worst mistake of your life, may God intervene. And when God intervenes, I'm giving you that extra thing. Reach out your hand and ask for help. Reach out your hand and what? Ask for help. Reach out your hand. Don't be angry. And they say that, oh, me, I don't come to the church again. Oh, this. The man of God didn't say it well. His tone, cry was off. Whatever. Reach out your hand. Say, Father, help me. I think so far. Let's go to the point number four and point number five. They are also contradictory. So I'll just lay them out and then we'll be done. In the next 500 seconds. <laughs> if you have time to calculate, you are not listening to the word of God. <laughs> okay. So the next point, we are talking about the kingdom perspective, right? That's where we started from. And it's all about the purpose of the king. So point four. In divine guidance, right? I talked about point three where you must be stopped. But in truly, truly, God doesn't want to just interrupt. No. In divine guidance, what you need, the most paramount thing you need is the word of God. I wish I could say the word of God and the voice of God. But I just want to say the word of God because it comes in several ways. Ask me so far. The word of God. God's word at that point in time. God's word. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 10. Now, the last time I was talking about divine guidance on Thursday, I mentioned that I like to equate guidance to the word leadership, to the word shepherding. But most importantly, like Reverend Sami used, the word influence, right? And I made a distinction between influence and manipulation, right? I'm not going to go there. But if you want to talk about guidance, right, it means that you must be subject to what? Influence. Something must be able to move you, to cause you to take a particular action. Whether it's a deliberate influence, whether it's like you know it or you don't know it. But the most deliberate and sure way for you to receive God's guidance is by God's word. All right, me. So the Bible says in John chapter 10, let's start from the verse number 3. It was talking about the shepherd. And it goes down to the verse number 10, talking about the good shepherd. But let's start from the verse number 3. The verse number 3 says what? To him the doorkeeper opens. Yes. And mm-hmm. the sheep hear his voice. Pause. So he was talking about a kind of shepherd. He previously talked about a hireling. Someone who doesn't come in by the right way. Yes. Someone who the sheep don't, doesn't know the voice. Mm. He said that the one that is the shepherd of the sheep, when even the doorkeeper hears his voice, he would open the door because he realizes that the sheep would recognize the voice of the shepherd. Mm-hmm. All right, me. Yes. Read it and let's go on to the verse number five. To him the doorkeeper opens mm-hmm. and the sheep hear his voice. The sheep hear his voice and then what? And he calls his own sheep by name. And he calls his own sheep by name and then what? And leads them out. And leads them out. Because at that time, they were communal shepherds. So you would have someone who has sheep and your sheep would be mixed with other people's sheep. So in order for you to identify the sheep that are yours, you must have a signal to your sheep. You must have a particular voice that your sheep can understand. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. It's not this kind of shepherding that 
we have, oh, this not the kind. You know, if it's the kind of shepherding you might be exposed to, might be the Fulani type where it's just one person like going. Yeah, it's that one. Or the London industrialized size where a small pen and they are just milking the people, milking the, 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 the thing, right? That, that, no. I'm talking about communal. So it means that if there is a family, and that is how come, you see, when Jacob and his father-in-law were having an issue, it was about sheep because their sheep were mixed, right? However, Jacob knew his sheep and his father-in-law also knew his sheep. They were groups of shepherds. That's what they did. I mean, so far. I mean, so far. The same way in the case of David, David was given the sheep of his father. So at the backside of the desert, he was tending the sheep of his father. I mean, but then any time that the sheep, one of them gave birth, the little lamp belonged to David because that was his work, that was his prize, that was his wage for taking care of his father's sheep. That is why he said that when the bear and the lion came after my sheep, he didn't say my father's sheep. Oh, I don't know if you are with me. Came, so they were all mixed together because they were communal shepherds. I mean, so far. So the people of um, um, Israel, when they first went into Egypt, the Bible says that they told the Pharaoh that we are shepherds. The Bible says that shepherds are an abomination to the Egyptians. So the Pharaoh told them, Jacob to be precise, and he says that care for also, I mean, care also for our sheep, care for our cattle. And they will do it communally in a, in a community form. But when the Pharaoh comes, they can identify the sheep of Pharaoh. I mean, so in that way, if you are doing things together and it's all mixed, the shepherd always has a voice. And the sheep must recognize. If you ever did a Greek in GHS, you know about animal branding. Have you heard of that before? People cut their ears of the animal in a particular way. They tattoo them. They give them certain things. Right now in Ghana, the most easiest kind of branding they give is if you have chickens, they'll paint them red or tie their leg with red because they know that it should intimidate you if you have even the slightest fear of God. <laughs> the slightest fear of God. I've seen people even do red thread around plantain before. Well, how many people have seen that before? Or is it just in my area? Aha. Because it must intimidate you. I mean... So there is a signal that must go out. If you don't do it well, then that's where there is that branding. But if there are several examples on YouTube where sheep or other animals, they can identify the voice and they can even identify their name. So the Bible says, he calls them out by what? Their name. Their name. Their name. We are all mixed together. And it seems like the spirits and the powers above are communion shepherds. But there is a shepherd for you. Can you hear his voice? Can you hear his voice? Can you hear his voice? See, go to the verse number four. Yes. Verse four. Yes. And when he brings out his own sheep, yes. he goes before them. Yes. And the sheep follow him, yes. for they know his voice. Beautiful. Hey, look at, look at this particular scripture. I, I like this particular scripture because, you see, look, look at this. See, do you accept that you are sheep? Do you accept that God is shepherd? Okay, beautiful. Based on that, have you ever said that you know the voice of God? No. I have never said I know the voice of God. It is God that says that I know his voice. So anytime it comes to you and you're saying that, oh, how do I know the voice of God? God says you know his voice. 
Look how, look, no, read it again. Maybe you didn't get it. Maybe you didn't get it. Maybe you didn't get it. Read it again. Verse 4. Verse 4. And what? when he brings out his own sheep. When he brings out his own sheep. He goes before them. He only goes before them. And what? And the sheep follow him. And the sheep follow him. For they know his voice. For they know his voice. That was the testimony of the shepherd. shepherd. So it means that God knows that you know his voice. If you don't know that you know God's voice, I'm telling you today. And that is why sometimes people come and they have certain dreams. And you realize that ah, after looking at the dream, this dream, this person knows what it is. You that they've told, hey, I don't care how long you pray. Sometimes you realize that, ah, no. This one, God has already, God used the exact symbols. God used the exact people. God used the exact situation. God used the exact environment. Because God knows that this person knows the dream. This person, he knows it. Are me? So you cannot get up from, this, from, this, from today. You cannot get up and say that, I don't know the voice of God. Because God, who is your shepherd, says, you know my voice. It is the testimony of the shepherd that the sheep know his voice. Not the testimony of the sheep. I have never said that I know God's voice. But God is saying that I know his voice. So there is no excuse for you to not say that you cannot receive guidance from God. There is no excuse. There is no excuse. Even pagans in the Bible, God says, this one knows my voice. So he spoke to them in the way that they would understand. Hide me. Hide me. From today, you cannot say that, oh, I don't know the voice of God. No. You know. How do I know that you know God's voice? Because if you say, unless, hey, unless you are not sheep. Unless maybe you are goat. Maybe you are cow. Maybe you are donkey. Maybe you are horse. Unless maybe you are one of the farm animals. Maybe you are duck. I don't know. But if you say you are sheep, if you say you are sheep, from today, I'm telling you that you, you know. It's not like you, are, you want to know God's voice. So I'm, not saying that, I'm not saying that you want to know God's voice. So I'm saying that you know. You know. You see, and that is why when God is, when we, people that have, especially in their early years in Christianity, God begins to speak to them, you know, by dreams. You know, then at, after a few years, they'll say that, okay, I'm not hearing God again. God has moved. And he knows that you know that he has moved. So he's saying that, hey, don't just be there. Also move with him. I don't know if you are with me. I'm with you. I don't know if you are with, with you. See, God will move because he wants you to know. You see, and that's what, I'm, that's, that's what I'm saying that, see, in the, time that, in the time that you get an opportunity, use it to build your faith. Use it to build your faith. Don't, 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 be, don't spend your time, then you listen to men of God say that, okay, and I went to do this, and I prayed, uh, maybe 400 hours and I, and I had this encounter and God says, oh, and then I went to um, sow this particular seed. I went to this particular church. I cleaned this man of God's shoe. I whatever, wore this man of God's jacket. They are all, you see, all of those things are to encourage you and to show you that where you are is not enough. But if you check where you are and that is far above your realm, don't go there. You make an error. You make a big error. You make a big error. You hear a man of God say that, and God woke me up at night. And God gave me a strange sign. Probably God said that I should take off my dress or whatever and stand in the eastern part of my room and pray. If you like, get up, remove your dress, face the east and pray. And you realize that you come out of that prayer 
with the principality rather than an angel. Oh, I don't know if you are with me. I don't know if you are with me. But I'm saying that, let's be careful. Uh, for us, if, you are, if it's milk you drink, don't be shy of the drink of the milk. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Don't be shy of the milk. If it is bread and egg you can eat, don't be shy of your bread and egg. Because the word is bread. I mean, if it is meat you can chew, chew your meat. Forget those who are the bone eaters. Because the word is meat. Why with me? When you get into the realm of bones, don't also be proud. Is that ah, as at now, like you've not read the Bible cover to cover. I guess what I'm saying. I kept saying, like, don't be intimidated. I'm saying be encouraged. Don't write them off. Just know that, oh, you are going somewhere. But I'm saying that the first thing that I want you to know, you know God's voice. On whose authority? On the shepherd's authority. From today, when you receive a dream, I know what it means. And then you begin to pray. Father, since you gave me this, because, you see, I can have a dream. It came to a particular time. Consistently, anytime I go to church, some will say they have a dream. Then I just, I, I got to a time and say, see, you had a dream. I said, pause. I don't know what your dream is, but when you saw me, I was in a black car. And I say, yes. I say, yes. I say, Father, what is this? What is this? Every time someone will have a dream. And so right now, if you, saw, if, you tell, if you tell me right now that you have a dream about me, the first thing I ask you, was I in a black car? <laughs> because I've heard that sound. I'm saying, what is this black car? What is this black car? What is this black Because I also don't really like black cars. Because they usually get too hot, but that's a topic for another day. I, I, let's not go into that. <laughs> but I would mean like consistently, so the people will not understand what it means. But as soon as they tell me, I must know because God is giving me that symbol because it's for me on the authority of what the shepherd's voice. The shepherd says, You know his voice. The shepherd says, What you I know his voice. No, I want you to sing. I want to sing second. The shepherd says that word, mommy, you know his voice. You know. So you cannot be walking in this world as if you don't know God. The shepherd says what? I know his voice. If you walk in that, then you become, you become, you become conscious. Okay. So how is the shepherd communicating today? That's a different matter. But the first thing is that you must establish, Angela, you know God's voice. You know. So you cannot make an excuse anymore. I mean, so far, you cannot make what? An excuse anymore. Anymore. I can give you several examples. At one time, the Bible said that Paul, out of his evangelical ministry, he was going somewhere, he was going somewhere, and he just fell down and had a dream, and he saw a man standing and beckoning to him. When you woke up, he knew what it meant. When, when you woke up, he knew what it meant. See, if we don't break that mindset, eh, we'll always be thinking as if we are without help. And that puts us into a place of hopelessness. That hopelessness puts us in a place, then it's okay, then it's okay. God should just take himself. But I'm saying that today, you know God's voice. Say, I know God's voice. 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 Why do you know God's voice? Because he said so. Because he said, I know his voice. Put your hands together for the Lord. The last point, and then we'll be out of here. In the divine guidance of God, there are also supernatural ways that God can draw your attention. You see, in the word of God, mention that I said the word of God is paramount. In the word of God, there is the voice of God. You can also get the promptings of God. In that promptings, there are dreams. 
in that promptings, there are visions. That's all the voice of God or the word of God. I mean, but there are also supernatural ways that God can intervene and give you a sign. I mean, now, even though I am not saying this is not important, the supernatural ways are important. They are very, very what? Important. But then they are also not as frequent as the word of God. So if you are waiting for the supernatural way of God to show you where to go, how to go, what to do, you might be waiting for a long time. It exists. There are people who constantly have that supernatural way. But if you check, 90% of the time, they get a prompting from the word of God or from the voice of God. So what you must do is to build the ability to hear the voice of God and the word of God. Let me give you an example. You see, I'm not saying that the supernatural is not important too. I'm saying it's important. But the most important is what? The word of God. And I'm not just talking about the Bible. So I added the voice. There's a prompting. I read me so far. Oh, I sure read me. Let me give you an example to compare the two. Look at what the Bible says, the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 22. Let's start from the verse number 30 to the verse number 35. So the donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your donkey on which you have ridden ever since I became yours? To this day, was I ever disposed to do this to you? Mm-hmm. And he said, no. Mm-hmm. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, mm-hmm. and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way mm-hmm. with his drawn sword in his hand. Mm-hmm. And he bowed his head and fell flat on his face. Yes. And the angel of the Lord said to him, and The angel of the Lord said, Why have you struck your donkey these three mm-hmm. times? Yes. Behold, I have come out to stand against you mm-hmm. because your way is perverse before me. Because your way is perverse before me. Continue. The donkey saw me and turned aside from me these three times. Yes. If she had not turned aside from me, yes. surely I would also have killed you by now yes. and let her live. And let her live. Mm-hmm. And Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, What verse is that? 34. Okay. I have sinned, mm-hmm. for I did not know you stood in the way against me. Yes. Now, therefore, if it displeases you, mm-hmm. I will turn back. I will turn back. Mm-hmm. Continue. Then the angel of the Lord said then to the Balaam. the angel of the Lord said to Balaam, what? Go with, your, go with the men. Go with the men. But only the word that I speak to you. But only the word that I what? I speak to you. Yes. That you shall speak. That you shall speak. So Balaam went with the princes of Balak. So Balaam went the princes of, Bar- of Balak. And then what? That's all. 36. Yes. Now when Balak heard that Balaam we, was we coming. Pause there. Pause there. Pause there. So there was a supernatural intervention. It was not a shock to Balaam that his donkey spoke. Are with me? It was not a shock to him because he was a man of the spirit. If he checked his credentials, he listed, he stated, there's not go there. Right? He called himself the one whose eye was open. But at that point in time, when he encountered the angel, he realized that he was blind. I mean, now, before that supernatural intervention, the Bible says that he had already been given a word. I don't know if you are with me. Listen to me. Before that supernatural intervention, that supernatural sign that God was using to guide him, that God was using to direct his path, a word had already been given. A word had already been what? Given. 
So when the angel intervened supernaturally, he says that only the word that I give to you will you speak. See, if you are always waiting for the stars to be aligned in an L ship for you to know whether you should go to Los Angeles or Lebanon, <laughs> if you are waiting for the stars to be aligned to form the first initial of your girl or your boy before you marry, see, you might wait chair. Oh, I don't know if you are with me. You are with me. I don't know if you are with me. You are waiting for the stars to, or for one day you wake up and then the clouds have formed the letter G. And you know that, oh, it's get you now that I'm going with. It's get you because you saw letter G in the air. See, you'll be waiting because God has already given a particular word. Wait. So I'm not discounting the intervention of angels. I'm saying that they are important. I'm not, inter- I'm not um, um, discounting the fact that animals can supernaturally speak. No. It is important. But then my point is that when the angel came, he says that they were. You see, this encounter would have not been necessary if Balaam already listened to the voice of God that came at the first. See, let me tell you. One of the issues that many of us have when we say that we cannot hear the voice of God is because God already spoke. And he knew that you got the message. The only problem is that you don't like his message. You don't like his message. All this, oh, I, can, I don't know. I, say, man of God, I don't know. I don't know if it's the will of God for me. God has already told you his will. The only problem is that you don't like it. You, you don't like it. So see, that's what I'm saying. That here. Be truthful. Be truthful to God. Be like Gideon. And tell God the truth. Father, I don't like it. Right? So I'm coming to you again. If you say something else, glory to God. But most of the time, God will say the same thing. Let me give you, let me give you, let me give you a practical proof. See, when you, let me talk about the issue of relationship. When you like a girl, right? 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 Yes. Or when, okay, so if you like a boy, right? right. Uh-huh. And then you tell me or you tell someone that I'm going to pray about it. We don't go to God and pray. Father, show me your will for my marriage. Father, show me the girl I should marry. Father, show me the boy I should marry. That's a useless prayer. God will not mind you. Because already in your heart, you like someone. Oh. oh I don't know if you're with me. We are with you. You already like someone. See, you have to choose between two jobs. You like the yellow company more than the red company. Don't go to God and say, Father, what is your will concerning my career? Father, which of them should I choose? God will not mind you. Say, Father, what is your will? I already like this one. I already like this girl. I already like this boy. So, Father, if you don't do anything about it and answer me, I would go with this girl. Is she your will? Then God will say, okay, you are being honest. You are being honest. But don't come as if you don't have an option. Like, oh, Father, anything you give me, I will accept. <laughs> Father, anyone you give me, I will accept. <laughs> Father, anywhere you tell me, I will go. Meanwhile, you know that it is Canada you want to go to. Don't ask God, Father, show me which country should I go to. Meanwhile, you know, pa. It is only Canada you want. So tell God, Father, Canada, I like. If you don't step in, it is Canada, I will go. 
so intervene and show me. If then, if after, after you pray that sincerely, when God comes and says that it's Belgium you are going, don't, don't, don't resist anymore. Lift up your hand and let God lead you. I miss over. Now you've prayed sincerely. You got a contrary word. Then you know that God has spoken. So then don't make your heart hard. Oh, I with me. I with mean, you've prayed. Father, I like guys in suit. You've told God. Now you dream. And the guy you saw was wearing a bada. <laughs> the Lord has spoken. Oh, I guess what I'm saying. Because, you see, now I'm saying that otherwise, we'll be working with so much deception. And we'll be saying, oh, I don't know the word of me. God has spoken to you. Are you me so far? I'm talking about divine guidance. And all of this, it must be tied to the intention of the king. The intention of the king. See, when I was going to pray for my, 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 my wife at the time, right? She was, my, she was not even my friend. She was Reverend Keith's friend. Oh, friend. She was not even my friend. And then we just became close because I went to visit. Reverend Keith was in my class. And I was not in the hostel. So I went to the hostel. And I just saw some girl. She was just jumping and forcing to speak chi. Me too, out of ignorance. I said, hey, the way you're learning chi, hey, you marry a Ghanaian, no? <laughs> That's what I said. If, if only had I known. <laughs> I was, it was your prophecy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, God, God bless you, man of God. <laughs> That's what I see. I said, the way you're learning this chi, so we became close at some point and people used to say that we are going out do, do you know what used to happen like we'll meet and then say hey, this person says that we are going out then we'll laugh <laughs> can you imagine how this movie are not serious like, ah, me and you are going out me and you we are going out me and you then all of a sudden I realized that, hey. now I started liking it. I said father God forbid <laughs> hey I said father for, father forbid it. father even not for anything for my integrity <laughs> that I said I didn't like it father Give me another damsel. See, it was, a, it was there. Then I went to go there. I said, Father, hey, this thing there, the way it is doing my heart, I don't know. I don't know. So, I'm, uh, so Father, tell me. Because I told people that how can I like this girl? Hey, see, no, listen, no, and uh, the way I'm saying that here, yeah, because if you check my family, all my family, they all got married at Osu Presby. If you die, it is Osu Presby. All the people in my house, they go home and go married to God people. So, it didn't even cross my mind that I'll get married to someone who is not a God. It has never crossed my mind before. In my mind, in my mind if it's not Aquiles and a, 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 a Joker or something, that, that's my mind. That's my mind. It was, because it had to be a God. Preferably for Musu, if not for Musu, at least in the God. Because it was also Presby that we are supposed to get married. Like, when we die, it is also praise me that will bury us. It is right by the cemetery, so we don't need they just push you. All my life. That's what I know. So to think about someone not even a girl, if it's okay, Ashanti, okay, there's one or two people I'm married to Ashantis. That's all. But now I was crossing the borders, flying over mountains, crossing rivers, crossing seas. It didn't sink. It, it didn't sink. At some point, I told God, I said, Father, I said, it seems like you like this girl more than me, so marry her. <laughs> it, it, because wow. I, it, it didn't make sense. Like, it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense. 
So I went to go and say, hey. So you can ask her. The first note I wrote to her. Because I prayed. And I knew that God didn't, never said anything about relationship. But then I realized that, hey, my heart was moving. And God didn't answer. So I said, so I wrote, the first note I wrote to her was that, if God doesn't say no again, the way my heart is moving, I'll marry you. That was the first note. The first gift I gave her. That's what I wrote. Because I knew that I'd, and it, it was never possible. Then I said, so what is this thing? Hey, then I, I called my friend at night. I said, hey. I said, Albert, you were sleeping on a bank bed. I was at the bottom. This guy was far gone. In the night, I couldn't sleep. Now I just get up. Just be pacing about like I'm speaking in tongues. But my, I just couldn't, it just didn't make sense. I opened my fridge. That time, chale, hala, 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 whatever. There was nothing in the fridge. The only thing in the fridge was my medicine, and um, folic acid. Then I'll just be chewing folic acid. Because <laughs> it didn't make sense. Now I'll call Albert from sleep. Albert, I, see, tell me, am I deceiving myself? Like, is it because I got close to her that this is happening? Because if this thing is, doesn't go well, we are in a network of friends. We become weird. So, Albert, just tell me. Let's, and I said, I stopped. And then one day, I went to campus, and I didn't see her like the entire day. Then I picked up my phone, and I dialed her. When I picked my phone, and I said, Daniel, what have you done? <laughs> I said, this one, it is gone. <laughs> Beyond my... <laughs> I just picked up my phone like this, and I just dialed the number, and I said, Daniel, what have you done? But when all this one I was praying, I said, Father, hey. so I went to God and I said, Father, this one, I didn't want it. In fact, I don't want it. But the way my heart is moving, tell me. Tell me. Don't go and tell God and say, Father, I don't know. Father, you know. The Bible says that, oh, um, 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 don't lean on your own. What is that verse? Proverbs chapter 3. Um, um, trust the Lord with all your Don't lean. See, you have an understanding. So God acknowledges it. So he says, do not lean on your own own understanding. Don't come to God as if you don't have an understanding. You have. You have. You have. You have a choice. So when you are going to go to pray, say, Father, see, if you leave me, this is my choice. And I prayed and God told me that, okay. When I said the no, this was what it meant. I heard me. So, because at that time, eh, you need to understand, when, when God speaks, eh, he speaks in context. At the time in my year, hey, every Sunday you come to KCF, and then you hear testimony, testimony time. Oh, I want to give a testimony. You know, someone in church, now the same was KCF, someone in KCF came to talk to me. And I was not sure if this was the one. But I went to pray about it and God gave me peace. So now I'm in a relationship with this person. Hey, every Sunday. I'm talking about every Sunday. Every Sunday. In that particular period, we had relationship seminar on campus like in one semester, we had about eight or ten. Apostle come. Because everybody was just getting into a relationship. And they all come with the same testimony. I have peace. I have peace. So I told God, I said, Father, I see the pressure that is happening. <laughs> if you don't answer me, I'll jump into a relationship. So when God came, he said, the initial no I gave you was because of that mindset. Then God said that, it's a yes, but it's not now. So God told me, this yes means I start a friendship. So for a long time, I never saw her as my girlfriend. We were not boyfriend, girlfriend. She was just my friend. I knew that we were going to get married at that time. When God actually finally spoke, I knew. But God never called her my girlfriend. Because God had already said no. So that's why I wrote, if God doesn't say no again. Now when God said yes, he said yes, but it's not now. I don't know if I get what I'm saying. So when God is speaking, I'm saying that you must pay attention. 
and you must not come as if you are a clean, a clean slate. Oh, Father, do with me as you please. Meanwhile, you have an option. Meanwhile, you, you want to go to Ashesi. Meanwhile, you've bought all the forms. And then you're saying, Father, whichever one that my hand will land on. You want to go to Ashesi. Tell God that I want to go to Ashesi. You want to go to Legon. Tell God you want to go to Legon. You want to, if you don't like Ashesi because of the stretch, you want to go to KUSD. Tell God I want to go to KUSD. Don't say, Father, oh. No. You see, and let's be real with God. Let's be real. So there are supernatural interventions. But the most important thing is that there is already the word of God. In divine guidance, seek for the word. And I'm saying that you know the voice of God. Let's rise up on our feet. Hallelujah. Amen. We'll spend Wednesday praying, right, properly. So today we'll just close. The next two minutes we'll be out of here. Just lift up your hand and say, Father, and my prayer for you is that, Father, today I've come to the realization that I know your voice. If there is any scale, any dark mist on my eye for which I am blind that I am not aware of, let this veil fall. Let this scale fall. Let this dark mist be lifted that I will see your way and your direction. Lift Amen. up your voice and pray right now in the name, in of, the Jesus. name of Jesus. Thank you for listening. If you were blessed by this message, share it with someone so they can be blessed too. We look forward to fellowshipping with you next time at Zion Impact Ministry.